Welcome back to another episode of Forgotten Eagles. Ten years ago today, the gold team took a 1-0 lead in the third annual and final Blue Gold Fall Classic. My gold team would win the series the next day, making my reign as the gold head coach a perfect 3-0 during my tenure. Ten years ago today would also be the day that Dylan Finks hurt his arm. Thanks a lot, Facebook memories. My name is John Helsbeck, and I'm the host of Forgotten Eagles, former assistant baseball coach and assistant athletic director at the college. At the time, my nickname was Showtime. My girlfriend didn't call me that, and her name was Raven. I felt that was an even trade, right? But the point of this was that most everyone called me Coach. I was 22 years old and running a college baseball program. Well, pretty much. The year is 2008-2009. But how did I get here? I played baseball on the tray in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and went to play baseball at Mars Hill College. My roommate hung himself. I had severe back injuries. And I was well on my way to greatness, right? The script was spot on. Not. Well, of course it was in the eyes of God, because God is always good. Always. Whatever plan he had me on, I was hanging by a thread. I was transferring after my one year, my sophomore year at Stanley Community College, to Middle Tennessee State. Well, shit, that fell through. No one wants an injured guy. Who told them that? I ended up playing, well, let's say surviving, my year at Stanley Community College. My roommate and the goat, Bubba Donathan, used to help me get out of bed in the morning, but I was at the game. Painkillers? You betcha. There was a doctor I used to meet behind a food line before games that would give me, I guess, cortisone shots, some kind of steroid shots, but I'd meet him before games and he would shoot me up in my back so I could play. I knew it was over, and even though I sniffed the Frontier League's undergarments for a bit, I was done. God had other plans. But was actually that the way it was supposed to go? Lamb. Insert Coach Lamb. Old Jeffrey Lamb. Old Coach Lamb told many coaches that I've grown to learn that Helspeck was staying to coach at Stanley. He has no interest of playing further. Well, that wasn't true. And that was to college and professional scouts. Let's be honest. I wouldn't have helped a team after Stanley, but a shot would have been nice. Why would Coach Lamb say these things? I know why. Because down the road, God had Showtime becoming the wizard. That mantra began in 2013 and is stuck to this day. I was offered the assistant coaching job for a whopping $3,000 a year. I would also get a $50 bonus per van that I washed. And eventually got an extra $3,000 also for being the assistant athletic director. I was offered the assistant job on a whim. I was talking to other colleges up north, maybe had a chance, but again, like I said, I wouldn't have helped them. But oh wait, I played there too. Let's talk about that. Here goes. As soon as I found out that I was going to play for Stanley Community College in just their second year of existence, I called my friend Bubba Donathan. Insert Bubba, he had played at Lewisburg Community College for a year. I actually drove down to... Lewisburg Community College to help him run the mile in under a certain time as a, as a senior in high school. I also went with Bubba as he was a year older than me to the open workout for them. We both got a call. I had to tell them that I was still a senior in high school and would not be joining them in this, the next fall of the, for the season. But Bubba's reign tenure there ended quickly. As we came to Stanley Community College, we got to the field on day one, and 
there was a coach or a guy. It was a person that we actually ended up deeming Officer Dandy. He was the strength and conditioning coordinator and assistant coach, and I think he worked for the college, but I'm not sure. But on day one, we stretched baseball pants, and it was hot. I was hot that day. We met at home plate, and we took off running. We didn't run poles to get going. We didn't run a mile to start practice. We actually took off from home plate and ran to right field. And from right field, we ran to first base. And then we would run the bases. And then we ran to left field. And then back to center field and back to second base and back to home plate. Yes, across the diamond. And then to third. And then who knows where else we went. There was no rhyme or reason to what we're doing. And me and Bubba just pretty much said, nope. Pretty much like right now when our guy Bernsey hears this. Hey, Christy, you guys want to play baseball? Nope. Nah, not today. Aren't you a baseball coach? Yep, nope, not today. Not going to play. The head coach was Jeff Lamb. Jeff Lamb was a high school coach at the time, I believe at South Stanley High School. And he had got the job by bringing in books. I know you're laughing. Probably baseball for dummies. I'm not sure. And yes, this podcast will get a little awkward and intense at times, especially when we talk to certain people. But that's the whole point, right? We're trying to tell a story. His assistant was Todd Hatley. Tall drink of water. Big guy. Electrician. Hatley Electric. Hatley had actually also played for the Minnesota Twins organization at some point. He got signed as a free agent and going to his house a few times. It's pretty awesome. Baseball signed by Kirby Puckett. The jacket, the jerseys, all in frames. The guy had done his thing. But does that actually mean you know baseball? There was many times where we would go about our day at Stanley and hit, and we would have mixed signals on what exactly the coaches were wanting. Well, we saw this video on YouTube. I ordered these DVDs. Look at this. This is how we're going to hit now. This is how we're going to change guys. No adjustments. All change. Of course, Bubba and I and a few other guys, we never bought into that. But nevertheless, we were there. I was too big to play shortstop. I was back on the juice and lifting every day with Bubba at Gold's Gym down in Albemarle before lifters gymmed open. Shout out to you, brother. But after coming off an injury and getting back in shape, I was too big to play shortstop, meaning I was 6'1", 205. You know, whatever. So I played the hot corner and played it fairly well. Hated third base. Not actually where I wanted to be or where the team needed us. But bubbles at second. We had a plethora of shortstops go through the, that, that six hole. And me at third base before I started pitching. And we'll get to that later. But we lived on Broom Street in Albemarle, North Carolina. Gunshots were, you know, the norm. Cracked ends, potheads. But it was cheap living right across from the field. And it was fun. It was a fun time. Bubba and I lived in a two-bedroom apartment. And Ray actually moved in in the spring of our... Uh, baseball season and boy he was Dominican or Puerto Rican Ray when you hear this please don't get mad I'm not sure but at the end of the day 
your mama made some great food. Lamb and rice, lamb and beans, lamb and rice and beans. It was all delicious. To bring it all together, which I'm sure many more stories will pop up through our conversations, I will always hold the record for most walks in the season at Stanley Community College. I know, look out, I'm a stud. One night when our pitching staff, we weren't bad, but one night during our pitching staff was struggling, I told Lamb, hey, I, I pitched in high school. I get on the mound, I shove, and then I become a regular spot part of our rotation. We're pitching at Spartanburg Methodist one night. I'm ready to go. I think it's a Wednesday evening. Lights are on at the beautiful Don Montgomery Park, and I roll through the first two innings easily. The next inning, fly ball to right is dropped. The next inning, ground ball to second base is booted. Same inning, pick off to first base goes, I believe, through the first baseman's mitt. I'm not sure what happened, but that happened. And eventually the game got out of hand, and I hit an absolute rocket down the right field line that was about four foot fair that I ended up, was called foul, that I ended up having a conversation with the umpire on. And Lamb never had my back. Hatley never came out. Never had my back. And after the game, I felt the need, after all the frustration was boiling over, to go down and, and have a heart-to-heart with the coaching staff. Why would I even be considered to coach? Well, it's because of the knowledge. I'll pat myself on the back. I know the game. And I've always been a student of the game. And 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 try to understand and look at the game in a different way than everyone else. My last story of the day is Brandon Clodfelter. Hence, my frustrations boiling over. The ball missed in right field was a routine fly ball. A guy Lamb found out of Wrong Turn, North Carolina, who showed up to his first round of BP in the spring with a men's slow-pitch softball bat. I shit you not, the kid had a men's slow-pitch softball bat in BP, at a college baseball practice. I'm pretty sure he was 25 years old. I'm not sure, but probably. He smoked cigarettes in the outfield during batting practice, hitting games with a pack of marble reds in his back pocket, and needless to say, my blood pressure would boil every time around him. I didn't have a problem with the person, and I still don't. It was what that person did on and around the field, and they wasn't held accountable for any of his actions. Lamb would dip, Hatley would dip. They would use chewing tobacco. Most guys do. I get it. But let's don't stand in right field at a pro day smoking a cigarette. Looks terrible on the program. My back was in shambles. But the day I exploded during a practice, I was angry and grouchy all the time back then because I hurt all the time but I exploded this day because it wasn't necessarily my aggravation with my play on the field because I just couldn't perform anymore it had more to do with everything going on around me and my respect for the game the day I exploded at practice was not because of my back it was because of Claude Brendan Claude Filter I had a brand new old hick I had used used during pro days and sometimes in BP. And one day at practice, this fool couldn't find his bat. I was out shagging and taking fungos, and he used my old hickory. 
Needless to say, he broke it. And the worst part is he never said a word. After practice, we were cleaning up and I was getting my stuff into my bag. I saw it and I went absolutely ballistic. Roid rage status for sure. Lamb stood back, goatee and all with a little grin on his face. And I tried for years, but still couldn't figure him out. And I can't to this day. It was a mere three years ago that I got a text message from Jeff Lamb asking if UNC Asheville was Division I. How was this man the head of a collegiate baseball program, and why was I his assistant? Why did this happen? And this has nothing to do with being cocky. That's a great question. It was why. Why did God have me here in this situation? What was I to learn? What was I to do? What was I to become from this? Lamb stood back, goatee and all, with a little grin on his face per usual. And Claude would later become ineligible a few weeks into the season. And that was that. We never saw him again. I had gone three for four at a first game of a doubleheader at Spartanburg Methodist. and was actually feeling pretty decent that day. Walked around the field, walked around the dugout, and there was Claude between games, most guys texting their parents, eating a sandwich, whatever case may be. And there was Claude smoking a Marlboro Red 100 on the phone with his girlfriend. I just don't get it. And I didn't get it then, and I still don't. That team had a cast of characters. Bubba, of course, my guy. And Ray, who ended up living with us. Our shortstop. Shackelford, Ben Hesley, our go-to guy who probably threw 300 innings that first year. Country Cody, big lefty, tall drink of water. They hit the ball far. McKnight, who was a rapper. I'm pretty sure he said his dad had been dodging the IRS for years. We had a Finkelstein. You heard it, right? Big right-handed pitcher. His name was Finkelstein. We had a Larman, a Parra, a Stack, a Nathan Barker, a Thorpe, a Rashad. We had a Heathcock. No one could ever forget Matthew Bo Jones. Hey, Bo. Hey, Bo. I'm going to that ball hard, Bo. Watch out, Bo. At one point, we had a catcher named Daryl that knew this girl that came. Well, we'll save that story for another day. Maybe if we can get Bubba and Daryl on here at the same time. It's kind of incriminating, though. And there wasn't a better setting for our mix of degenerates than the glorious Don B. Montgomery Park. The Don. The Palace at 52. My home for five years. Don Montgomery Memorial Park is the home playing field for Stanley County's American Legion baseball team. Also, Albemarle High School, and at the time, also Stanley Community College. It's an eight-acre park, has two picnic shelters, a baseball field, a playground, basketball court, and restrooms. Named for one of Albemarle's own, Don Montgomery was an all-state student-athlete in three varsity sports at Albemarle High School. He went on to play football and baseball at North Carolina State University, where he was named All-Atlantic Coast Conference and All-American. As a U.S. Army captain, Montgomery was highly decorated for valor during the Vietnam War. Moreover, Montgomery settled in Albemarle and became a community leader, working particularly with the Little League and American Legion Baseball. Yes, we also shared the park with these other groups and other teams. And as we will talk more about before we start bringing on guests on the next episode of Forgotten Eagles, we will talk about sharing the field 
and all the work that actually went into becoming the true Don Montgomery Park that we all enjoy and love today. I get texts often from coaches, players, former players that go by, go down Highway 52 and go by Don B. And we'll send a quick picture as they drive by of the beautiful playing surface. As once we got there, when Stanley Community College was first formed in their athletic program, there was no grass on the infield. Albemarle High School played on a dirt infield. And they would to this day, if not for Eagle Nation. Tearing down the dugouts and rebuilding new ones. Building new bullpens and moving the cages. Many things that happened along the way that put us in a very good place to have success at the collegiate level. And as we end this podcast and look forward to many more as we tell more stories and get guys on and ladies as guests, we have to say that if you were ever a part of Eagle Nation, stay tuned for more information and more facts and more stories because you will find out exactly what happened, even if we have to go into witness protection program, exactly what happened at Stanley Community College and the demise of the athletic program. Thanks for listening, guys. Tell everyone about the podcast. More stories to come, more guests to come. And we're excited that this will be not only a fun trip down memory lane, but also possibly a way, if we ever could, bring Stanley Community College Athletics back to Albemarle, North Carolina. What greater sight would it be to see another season at Don Montgomery Park?